Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you are there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Psalm 133 says, Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Somebody say unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down the beard, even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts and the garments, as the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there, somebody say there, that place of unity, he commands a blessing even evermore. Ecclesiastes 4 and 11 says again, two, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a mighty, a, 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 man, a, a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. Somebody say withstand. And a three-stranded cord is not easily broken. We talked about previous weeks that the devil hates unity. He's after unity because he knows there is strength, there is, there is cohesion, there is, there, there is strength when we are together. And from the minute we, we accept Jesus in our heart and we come into the Christian family, the devil is trying to slowly pull us apart because he knows that we can do more together. Somebody do your hands like that. We can do more together than we ever can apart. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we're going to talk about today a topic that I call journeys. Somebody say journeys. You may be seated. How many know that relationships are nothing more than journeys? Some people, you've had a journey all your life with. I know the kids are having high school graduation. I still got some of I still got a, a, a friend that I talk to just about every day that we went to high school with. Somebody say journeys. I also got people that I, I haven't seen since graduation. I still consider them a friend or acquaintance, but everybody's journey is different. Somebody say journeys. Alone the journey that Jesus had, Jesus had to pick 12 men. And we're talking about Pentecost, the start of the church. If Jesus had not picked 12 men to have a relationship with, when he died and rose and went to be with the Father, the church, the church that we are enjoying today, mute everything but me. The, ch the church that we are enjoying today would not exist if it were not for the relationship that he took journeys with some of his disciples even amongst his disciples even amongst his disciples Jesus had different journeys with different disciples Peter was able to see Jesus in a different light he took him to the Mount of Transfiguration Jesus was the one that, that, that had all this great conversation good conversation with Jesus, with Jesus but then he had a different journey than he had with Judas Everybody has a different journey. Somebody say journeys. So we're going to talk about just a couple of things that there are some myths about relationships. I want you, I, this is a note-taking Sunday. I don't want you to say, oh, that was good. I like the way he turned that phrase. I want you to take a note. Type it on your phone. Do something. But these are some myths that people have about relationships. Number one, somebody say number one. Number one is that everyone is here in a relationship for the same reason. We assume that we're here for the same reason. A relationship can do different things for different people. It can serve different purposes. And guess what? Here's what happens. We come with the assumption that, that, you know, that we're going to be friends and we're going uh, we're, we're you know, to pray together and I got your back and you got my back and I'm a person, I'm always going to, whatever you need, I got. But guess what? The other person can be like, you know what? I'm just here because, you know, I basically just want to use you. I want to take, but I don't want to give. Somebody say different reasons. And a lot of times we enter into relationships, whether it's platonic, whether it's workplace, whether it's church, whether it's romantic, we enter relationships already automatically assuming the other person wants what we want. And what we do, we set up ourselves for anger and failure because 
we, 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 we assume things. Somebody say number two. Number two, we assume that every relationship, every relationship is forever. Well, the fact of the matter is God sends certain people in your life for certain seasons of your life to get you to certain stages in your life and it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that God doesn't love them it doesn't mean that God is not using them it doesn't mean that they're the devil is that when seasons come and seasons go if we understand that about winter fall summer and spring then we ought to understand that there's sometimes now don't use that as an excuse the season is just up y'all know the stuff we can say when it's a real issue, you need to iron out. Amen? Yeah. <laughs> Amen. But we make the assumption that every relationship is for forever. And then when somebody has to move on, we are wounded and we are hurt. And we, and we, and we start letting bitterness grip and get, sow a seed of bitterness in our heart. And then we stop, we stop trusting, in, 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 we stop trusting in, the, in the institution of relationship. When God said the season is up for that relationship, I'm trying to, because you only have so much capacity, and I'm trying to create new capacity for the new relationship, for the new level that I'm taking you to. But we're so busy in our feelings because, because they sat down and had an adult conversation and said, look, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going in a new direction or I'm doing this. And, I, you know, and, and they did everything right. And you still mad because you thought it was forever. Now, let me, make, let me put a disclaimer. I am not giving you an excuse to, to divorce your husband or your wife. <laughs> Pastor Tony said it wasn't forever, baby. The devil is three lies and you are one too. <laughs> that ain't what Pastor Tony is saying. That's my dad is not what he's saying. <laughs> well, seasons come and seasons go, babe. <laughs> no, that's not what he's saying. <laughs> Amen. Say number three. Number three is we assume that all relationships are the same. I could have, I got, I've got maybe four or five close friends, and they all serve different roles in my life. And frustration comes when I'm expecting you to fulfill a role that you don't have the capacity to fulfill. This don't sound all spiritual and thus and thou, but these are the, these are the things that the devil is tripping us up on. Amen. We assume that you're going to be the person that's always going to be the one that, that has wisdom for me. And you're the person that you're trying to get through. Look, I'm in, I'm in the ditch right here beside you. I can't give you no wisdom. I need something from you. you got to understand the roles. We, a lot of times we come, we come to relationships. I need everybody to be a listening ear for me. I need everybody, a person that's going to give me godly counsel. I need everybody. No, but everybody, and that may change seasonally. I know, I know. Look, what I'm explaining to you may say, Lord, Pastor Tony, it's complicated. I don't want to be, no, no. But what I'm saying is, this stuff is going on behind the scene all the time, and we're not recognizing it. And as a result, we are, we are getting in friction with people. We are having frustration with people. The devil, is, the devil is magnifying things of traits of people, and we're looking at people crazy. And because I, I told you before, all the devil wants to do is get us distracted. And what better way to distract us by the people we have relationship with? He can't get you some stranger, some stranger in, in, in a store that, you know, that, that cuts you off and say something. Yeah, they may get you a little upset, but they don't have a lasting impact. If, if I were the devil, I would affect you through the people who are in the closest nucleus to you. Amen? And the devil tells us not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. Number four. Somebody say number four. It's the fourth myth. We assume that everyone will stay the same. When I met you, you were this. Well, guess what? Seasons change. People change. You look at some pictures from 15 years ago. You change. So how dare we try to crystallize somebody that we, that we I needed you in this time, and if you don't stay like this, I ain't got nothing to do with you. How? how now that sounds crazy for me to say that but we do that 
We don't allow people room to grow and to change and to evolve. And then what will happen, we'll start to get it into manipulation. I'm going to have an attitude because you ain't doing what I need you to do. You used to be there for me. I used to always could depend on you for that. And so now all of a sudden we start getting witchcrafty and we start manipulating people and we start having attitudes and we give people silent treatment or we do that or we get with somebody else who didn't like them from the beginning. Oh, so now we got two peas in the pod and now, now the person that you used to depend on, the, pe- the person that you, that you could lean on and all of a sudden, now all of a sudden they ain't no good for you. Well, they was good for you when you was going through. Somebody say relationship. I know this don't sound very spiritual, but, but this, these are the guts of how we relate together. And God said, where I see unity, I'm going to command a blessing. But this has been short-circuiting our unity. Our inability to manage these relationships. So we're going to talk about how to start one. I want you to turn with me to 1 Kings, 19th chapter. This is an example of how we start. Somebody say start. You ask the person, you know, that, that relationship, how, how did y'all start a relationship? Well, I don't know. We just kind of, you know, we just kind of, you know, we just kind of kept hanging around each other and we was like kind of real informal. But look at this. First Kings, the 19th chapter, 19 verses this. This is a story about Elijah and Elisha. And so Elijah went there and found Elisha The son of Shaphat, he was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him. He threw his cloak around him, when he put his coat around him, and Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. He said, let me kiss my father and my mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? I want you to skip down. Uh, we're going to do what you go with me until to uh, 2 Kings, the second chapter. Ninth verse. This is when their relationship had already started, and Elisha knew that Elijah was going to be leaving soon. He said this. He says, when they crossed, Elisha and Elijah, Elisha said to Elijah, ask what, should, ask what I should do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, please let there be a double portion of your spirit upon me. And he said, you have asked a very hard thing, yet if I see, if you see me as I am being taken from you, it should be done so for you. But if you do not see me, it shall not be so. Somebody say starting a relationship. You may say, Pastor Tony, what in the world are you, did we just have read about them two guys before? I read about how to start a relationship. Elisha threw his mantle on Elisha. He recognized this was a moment that I need to be connected to this person. He ran down and he said, look, man, look, I got to follow you, but just give me a couple, give me a couple hours. I need to kiss my mother and father goodbye. And he needs to set stuff straight. And he said, look, he said, what have I done to you? And then he goes, he said, look, I'm about to leave you. What is it that you want? Somebody say, what is it that you want? The the fatal thing that we fail to do whenever we start relationships, and I said, Pastor Tony, why are you making it all stale? And why why are you making it all stiff? Because relationships are just, just, you know, we should just go with the flow. But let me tell you something. Whenever people get upset, it's because expectations have not been met. Whether you said them or not, your expectations have not been met. And the fact of the matter is, Elijah asked him, he said, what is it that you want? Touch your neighbor by the side and tell him, what is it that you want? When you start a relationship, or if you're in a middle relationship, or if you, if you change stages, it is imperative that you sit down with people that are closest to you is what is it that you want from me? I'm telling, I'm telling you how to keep the devil out. Now you can say, oh, you know, that, that seemed all stale and that's, you know, we just go with the flow. Keep going with the flow. 
Keep going with the flow. You're going to find yourself. Y'all going to be fighting at each other. Y'all going to be in acrimony with each other. Feelings are going to be hurt. And they're going to end up being hurt to the point where there is no more repair. All because, and guess what? All the things that you should have said, you end up saying in anger when you're upset. Oh, my God. This is how we keep the devil out, y'all. And so you, you, uh, Elijah asked him, I'm about to leave. What is it that you want? I want you to write that down. What is it that I want? In this relationship. If I take a, uh, if I take a snapshot right now, what is it that I want out of this relationship? And nothing is wrong with saying you want some out of relationship. Because guess what? You got an expectation anyway. You might as well say it. Y'all act like I'm just making stuff up. Let, let, let it be your birthday or a special day and somebody that, and that, that those, those set special people don't, don't call. You didn't say nothing, you expect, you didn't say that, but you expected it. Well, if I say it, it's going to seem false and it's going to seem contrived. Look, look, if you got expectations, let them know. We got the Holy Spirit to lead, teach, and guide us, but the Holy Spirit shouldn't have to, have to, read, have to help us read your mind to tell, tell me what you want. Tell somebody, tell them what you want. So we should start in clarity. These four things to make sure we start in clarity. Anybody getting anything out of this today? We're going to make sure that we start with honesty, with expectation, with communication, and with consistency. It's important that we start relationships. And some of us have already started. Uh Uh-oh, too late. We need to go back and we need to restart. Tell somebody, ain't nothing wrong with restarting. Our phone every now and then. The phone stays on all the time. Every now and then, you got you to shut it all the way off so we can reset. Amen? <laughs> you got to reset. But, but we should do it. Our, our, our objective is to have clarity. If our prescription changes, we go to the doctor because we want clarity. If the light bulbs are going out in the bathroom, you're going to change them because you want clarity. Amen. Amen. All that rain we had yesterday, if you was driving down the road and you didn't have your windshield wipers on, you was going to hit somebody. You use the windshield wipers because you want clarity. And if we understand it in our everyday lives, everyday lives and just being able to see, because when we can see, I know how to move right. I know how to, I know how to navigate right. I know that I know I'm not going to step on this and I'm not going to step on that. Same way in relationships, the sooner I get clarity on the thing, I understand where we stand. Soon as I get clarity on the things, if I know this is an area that's sensitive to you, I won't step on it and hurt your feelings. Come on, y'all. Somebody say clarity. We got to get clarity, and in order for us to in order for us to obtain clarity, we got to be honest. Somebody say, be honest. Time is out. Time is out for having southern hospitality and just saying all the right things. There comes an age, and the older I get, and I ain't crazy, crazy old. But but and I don't mean who, I, I ain't telling who I ain't gonna define who is crazy, crazy old. But I'm just saying what I'm not. But the older I have gotten, the more defined I have in what things I like, what I don't, what I dislike. The more things, and, and, and guess what? Where I used to just let things slide, I don't let things slide no more. Because I look say, Lord, boy, you 42. I ain't got, I'm, count, I'm counting, I ain't got so many, I ain't got, you know, I'm starting to, my, my summers are starting to get limited down how many I'm going to have. And so I am more defined in what I expect. And guess what? Don't let nobody make you feel bad. For giving voice to your expectations. Anybody that don't want to hear what you what your expectations are in the season of your life, you need to have a heart check as to whether they're really for you. Amen. So you have to get clarity. Somebody say clarity. Turn with me to Genesis 13. Anybody getting anything out of this today? Genesis, the 13th chapter. We talked about how to start. Now we're going to talk about how to separate. Abram had took his nephew with him. Moved out on the promise. You know, you know, a lot of times we want people to come along with us. 
Oh, this is good. Come on with me. Come on with me. Come on with me. Man, we've been, we been, we been through it together. Come on with me. Come on with me. I'm going to a place and I want to expose you to it. And God has opened up a door of favor with me. And I want to share it with somebody. So we, we do it. How many know we can do things with good intentions? But this is what happened between Abraham and his nephew Lot. He said, now Lot, who was moving about with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents. But the land could not support them while they stayed, look at this, y'all, together. Tell somebody, the land could not support them. Look at this. For their possessions were so great that they were not able to stay together. Look at this. Quarreling arose between Abram's herders and Lot's herders. The Canaanites and the Perizzites were also living in the land at the time. So Abram said to Lot, let us not have any more quarreling between you and me or between your herds and mine, for we are close relatives. What he's saying is, we created this situation. God has blessed us both, and he's blessed us to the both that we can no longer coexist. It don't mean I don't love you no more, but it's not worth losing you. And so I gotta take, we got to take a step back. Come on, y'all. Y'all, y'all. y'all follow what I'm saying? Abram said, I love you. You're my relative. You're my blood. You're dear to me. I don't want to hurt you, but I see this thing coming down the track, and it don't look good. If we would just be honest sometimes, have an adult conversation. That's what Abram had. Abram had an adult conversation with his nephew. He said, look, I'm glad you're blessed. I'm glad you're being prosperous. But I'm, I'm realizing that I made a mistake in bringing you with me. It doesn't mean I don't love you. It doesn't mean that we're not related. It doesn't mean that you're not saved. It doesn't mean that you're not on your way to heaven. It's that our past have become that they're becoming divergent. And if we stay any longer, it's going to end up hurting both of us. How many times have we sat down and had that conversation? You know what we do? We just get quiet. Our behavior starts changing. We might talk to them about a conversation a little shorter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just, you just, I'm just saying what I got to say. You, st- you, you, know, you, you, st- you start changing. And all it takes is a conversation. But the fact of the matter is we're moving towards that line anyway. Why not do it in peace? And the reason later on, later on in Genesis, Lot, he ends up leaving. Look at what he said. Look what he said. Let's read it. Let's read it. So Abraham said, said to Lot, let us not have any more quarrel between me and you. Then he said, uh, between your herds and mine, for we are close relatives. It is not the, it's not, it is not the whole land before you. Is this, is this not the whole land before you? Let us part company. If you go left, then I'll go right. If you go right, then I'll go left. It's not a matter of if you end a relationship. It's how. Somebody say how. I would say, I say a lot of times, you know, I'm starting to, you know, as you become a parent, your kids get grown up a little bit. You start repeating yourself. It's not what you do. It's how you do it. It's not, it's not, it's not you know, you know your, your child can say, you can call their name and they say yes. Or they can say yes. It ain't what you do. It's how you do it. And there was nothing wrong with realizing there was an end to a season of relationship and having to come bring it to an end. God said, it's how you do it. It's not what you do. And so many times we move in fear. Somebody say fear. We move in fear of what somebody's going to say. We move in fear over somebody's reaction. But Abram said, look, I ain't trying to, look, the only, the only reason Lot you're blessed is because you've been with me. The only reason that, 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 that you are prospering is because you are operating under the blessing that I gave you. But I ain't even tripping on that. What I want us to do is be at peace. Somebody say peace. The word of God says the blessed are the peacemakers. Sometimes to make peace, you have to do something that in the short term may cause temporary pain. Oh, I'm going to say that again. Sometimes you got to cause temporary pain 
for long-term peace. It's, it's, it's June, right? Last time, last time this June, I was, I was about the size of that, that camera tripod right there. <laughs> and I knew I, had, I knew I had to have surgery. It was painful. And even though it was hurting in a moment, it was temporary for long-term peace. It's sometimes, somebody say sometimes. Sometimes you have to have a difficult conversation. You may have to do something. And look, let me tell you something. Oh God, let, let me kill this devil now. Listen, that, you, you can try to dress it up and you can try to put, you can try to put sugar with that, uh, with that castor oil all you want to, but at the end of the day, the heart of what has to be said is going to be hard news. Is this speaking to anybody today? So many times we, we are in fear of doing something that is closely tied to our destiny because we are afraid of other people's reaction. Now, am I telling you, am I saying go through, go through like a bull in the china shop? No, I'm not. Everything we, everything we do should be seasoned in grace and love. But it has to be truth seasoned with grace and love. I'm not going to change the whole, you know, we, we can try to, we can try to, uh, to make things something so pretty and so digestible that, that people miss the whole point. And we think, oh, I really told them I got peace at it. And they're not operating with an understanding. The Word of God tells us in all I get, and we should get what, y'all? We should get an understanding. And sometimes we need to have a concise, sometimes hard conversation that may mean we're going to have to part ways. It may be for a time. It may be forever. But look at what happened. When Lot ended up Leaving, he said, "You take left, I take right. Whatever you wait, I, look. I ain't even, I ain't even tripping over it because I know I'm blessed wherever I go." He said, "You, you take." So Lot took the other way. He went in that direction. Lot and his family ended up getting stuck in Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, just suppose a a Abraham said he found out. He said, "God." He negotiated with God. He said, "I got some family down there, God." He got God. He said. You know, can, he negotiated to a thousand, down, then the five hundred, then the three hundred. He said, "God, can, if you can find one family," he said, "Look, I'll let you go in there and get your nephew, but I'm about to destroy all of them." Suppose that they had left. That's what I say about you, Uncle. You always been jealous of me. You, you the only one want to be. You, you just jealous because my herd's getting just as big as your herd. Well, go on about your way. Go on about your way. You ain't gonna be nothing. You ain't gonna be nothing without me. What if they had, what they had separated like that? The fact that they left in peace. Somebody say peace. The fact they left in peace saved Lot's life. If he had left out with some attitude, I didn't need you anyway. You didn't drove me out here, and you know, and, and then going to talking to everybody. You know, my uncle. You know, my uncle Abram just jealous of me, man, because he don't. He 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 the only one to think that God got God's got the blessing on him, and he's trying to keep his thumb on me, and he don't want to see me grow into my best self. He ain't nothing but a hater. If he had went down there in that spirit, he would have got destroyed in Sodom and Gomorrah. What am I saying? I am saying that you never know. What bridge you're going to have to walk back over. So make sure that even if you have to resolve something, you have to end something, end it right. I know this ain't going to make y'all high five each other and shout. But if you would live by this. Y'all ever seen people when somebody got a new job and they gave they two weeks. They showing up late. Staying at break anytime, this with no integrity, and then all of a sudden they they want they they want a letter of recommendation from the boss when they get to their next place. Why would I do that? It's important how you leave. Somebody say how you leave. In ministry, it's important how you leave. We are all we are all God's people. Nobody owns any sheep. But it's important how you leave. Do you leave with a blessing? I'm telling you, I've been lied to more in the last four years than I can shake a stick at. Oh yeah, pastor, I'll be there. Oh yeah, I, I, people, people don't. People used to reverence. You know, you don't say certain things around the pastor. People tell the pastor anything just to get out your face. But they got plans to do other things. 
And I'm not crying. That doesn't come along with the job. But what I'm saying is, is that you should leave with integrity and peace. Because you never know who or what you're going to need from anybody. If nothing more that I'm still in the body of Christ with you, I still need you praying for me as I travel alone. Is this good to anybody in the room? Here's the thing I want you to write down. Here, oh, here's the thing. Here's, here's, look, look. When I told you about people changing in their lives, how many know we're forever changing? Our feelings can change. Whatever we do, we, we, all those things can change. And I want you to write this down. You have the right to change how you feel. Tell somebody, I have the right. You have the right to change how you feel. But they, meaning the people you're changing on, have the right to know that you have changed. I'm going to say that again. You have the right to change, but the people that you are changing on have a right to know that you've changed. So many times we change and we don't give updates. Ooh, I was quiet in this room. Thank you, Lord. So many times our feelings have changed. Our approach has changed. Our, our, our way of approaching this relationship has changed, but we have failed to give updates. And so as a result, the people that we have changed on are left to fill in blanks. Now they're reaching for this. Why are you acting like this? Why are you doing like this? You, this used to be your pattern and you changed up. Why is it that, that we, 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 will, we will morph and we will change, but we're scared to tell somebody the fact that we've changed when the fact of the matter, our actions are speaking louder than any words that we would say in the first place. Nobody's saying that you can't change, but you owe it to the people you're changing on to tell them that things have changed. That's when feelings get into play. That's when people get to look at, that's when bitterness gets in people's hearts. When we change and we don't give an update. We give more attention to the updates on our phone and our computers than we do our relationships. And something's wrong with that. Oh, y'all so quiet today. <laughs> hey man, tell us about it's the truth anyhow. The last thing I want to talk to you about, tell somebody relationships can hurt. It can hurt. Whether somebody dies on you, whether something has changed in your life. Imagine what Abram had to do when he had to leave his family and his kindred. You know, the Bible just said he just left. Can you imagine leaving everything that identifies you as you? To go somewhere, well, well, Abram, where are you going? I don't know, God is telling me. Can you imagine the, how, how many times he second-guessed himself? Can you imagine how many times that he, he like, you know, doubt and, and people's leaving? Man, you crazy. You're going to end up coming here. You're you going to end up coming back here with your tail between, tuck between your legs. You know, I mean, can you imagine the pain that he endured to leave what was familiar? Got one last story I want to share with you. 2 Samuel, the 12th chapter. This is after David slept with Bathsheba, had her husband killed. The prophet Nathan came to him and exposed his sin to him. He said he was sorry. The prophet Nathan pronounced a judgment over him. He said, look, God, God is going to forgive your sin, but there's a price to pay for your sin. Tell somebody there's a price to pay for your sin. And, and Bathsheba, she was pregnant, and the word of God says that she got sick, deathly ill. And so David was praying that both she and the baby would make it. And we're picking up right here at 19. And he said that he noticed that his attendants were whispering among themselves. And he realized that the child was dead. And he asked, is the child dead? Yes, they replied, he is dead. This is what David did. He got up. Somebody say, got up. After he had washed... I like this. He put on lotion. <laughs> Tell me, put your lotion on. Don't come out here ashen. <laughs> he changed his clothes. Then he went to the house of the Lord and he worshiped. 
Then when he got to his own house, at his request, they served him food and he ate. You say, Pastor Tony, what in the world is all that about? We always look at David for his strength and his bravery in fighting Goliath. We always look at him about when he brought the Ark of the Covenant back, all that stuff. He's a great heart player. But this is one of the most monumental things David ever did, and it often gets overlooked. When he knew that the fact was that the child was dead, he moved on. Where God said he washed himself, put on his lotion. <laughs> Don't go to church ass. He went, he went to worship. He ate and he resumed his life. So many of us stay stuck at the place of heartache, at the place of heartbreak, at the place where mama died at the place where daddy died, at the place, we, tell, tell somebody, we stay stuck. And it didn't mean that David didn't love the baby. It didn't mean, didn't mean he loved God. He realized, and look, 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 look at the scripture right here. His attendants asked him, they said, like, this, this is odd behavior. We just told him that his, that his son has died and look at that and they're questioning his behavior said his attendants asked him why are you acting this way while your child was alive you fasted and well but now that your child is dead you get up and you eat and David answered he said while the child was still alive I fasted and well and thought who knows the Lord may be gracious to me and let the child live but now that he is dead why should I go on fasting can, can, can I bring him back I will go to him, but he will not return to me. As everybody is standing. What David was saying, I can't do nothing about that. But what I can do is pick myself up, wash my face. I'm going to go to God in prayer. And after I let the Spirit of God revive me, I'm going to resume life and I'm going to keep living. What am I saying? You may be stuck at that place of betrayal. You may be stuck at that place where somebody died on you. You may be stuck at the place where somebody you had faith and fidelity in, they let you down. But I'm telling you, it's not your fault that it happened, but it is your, still, it is your fault if you are still there after all these years. What should you do? My suggestion, I would submit to you, you should do like David did. David washed himself. He cleansed himself of all the negative things that happened. He went to God. Somebody say, go to God. After he went to God and he let God, God, let God rejuvenate him, he resumed his life. Some of you in this room have stopped living because you press pause like on a CD player and you are stuck at that place of wounding. Oh God. You are stuck at that place of tragedy. You are stuck at that place where they turn their backs on you and you are letting years upon years keep going and going and going and then you're going to look back at yourself and then you're going to look at you on the way you have wasted all your years, all the prime of your life stuck at a place of somebody in the graveyard that can't do nothing about it, somebody that has moved on with their life, somebody has moved on with their ministry, somebody has moved on with another family, other relationships and you here or you are at night you're going to punish them for staying stuck. God saying you got to do like David yes. tell somebody accept the fact apply your faith and heal from it I'm going to say that again tell your neighbor say neighbor accept the fact apply your faith 
And then the last thing, heal from it. We're not in denial. I tell, I tell, I, me and my wife have a conversation all the time. I said, baby, she, she, she has such an optimistic view of things. But it's like, we, we, can't, we, we can't ignore the facts. The fact is this, but then I apply my faith to the fact. Faith needs a target. Somebody say faith needs a target. If you never go to the doctor, I feel something wrong, but you're scared to go to the doctor, but I'm believing by faith is, no, 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 no. Go find out what it is so we can target our faith to the fact. And many of us have not healed from relational separations. Many of us have not healed from relational separations because we're too busy trying to be prideful. That didn't hurt. I'm good. I ain't gonna never let them see me sweat. I ain't gonna, no, 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 no. I ain't, I ain't say get on Facebook and tell all your business, but you didn't say, God, I am hurt. This hurt me. This is wounding me. I am in a place of despair, and unless I get over this, I can't move forward. And so we've been putting on nice suits and we didn't learn all the colloquialisms and we didn't say I'm blessed and highly favored and we're trying we try to put on the front and we do all the posts because you do know your social media page and nothing but your PR firm for yourself. And so I'm going to let people know that I'm cool, I'm good, and I'm taking all the right selfies and I'm doing all this. You do all those things to show them, but when you get by yourself, you are in anguish. There is nothing, there's nothing that wrong with admitting, God, I am hurt. The well have no need of a physician. But you got to be honest and God, this thing hurt me. And only you can heal it. Am I speaking to anybody in this room today? He can't heal, but will you go to the physician for your healing? My challenge to you today, you may have started it wrong. They may have ended it wrong. It may not have been any of your fault, but you are left with the scar in the wound and the weight. So my question to you is, with all the life you got left, with all the calling that is still on your heart in your life, with all the lies that are still destined for you to touch, how are you going to sit here? When there's healing available. Hold hands with somebody. somebody there's healing available I want you to be real transparent before the Lord right now somebody say God I'm hurt come on come on come on you should know the truth and it's the truth that you know that's going to set you free with faith does not come at the cost of denial. I'm going to say that again. Being filled, being a person and being filled with faith does not come at the cost of you being in a state of denial. The devil is a lie. You can admit that God this hurt. I'm a person that's saved. I'm sanctified. I'm Holy Ghost filled. I've done everything that you've told me to do. But God this hurts. This hurts. And only you can heal it. I want you to right now to build your own altar and go to the Lord right now. I want you to build your own altar and begin to go to the Lord right now. Speak out to the Lord. Say, Lord, this hurt. Everybody's got a hurt in this room. 
and you've been trying to climb over it and it keeps pulling you back it, it keeps it keeps going it, you keep you two steps forward and the devil brings you back to that place of hurting the devil brings you back to that place of wounding and it's going to sabotage your future it's going to short circuit your destiny it's going to short circuit there are people that need to hear your testimony of how you got over it that yes this happened but God healed me from it yes it hurt me but God healed me from it yes I was wounded yes I, I, I had a problem with trusting people but God put the bricks back together of the foundation of my heart and now I'm whole where I once was wounded come on come on come on come on come on he's healing in this room right now come on it may be decades old wounds come on let God, let God show it to you say God heal it come on come on God heal it heal it heal it heal it let it go let them go let it go let them go let it go let them go come on come on God come on God come on come on deliver your children hallelujah 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 if you don't get up like David did if you don't wash it off if you don't wash it off if you don't go to God and if you don't resume your life you're gonna die stuck in that same place and it's nobody's fault but your own. I hear the Lord say, my blood is stronger than that. My blood is stronger than that hurting. My blood is stronger than that wounding. But, it's, but the, the, the gate is open. Are you willing to walk out? The gate is open, but are you willing to walk out? The, it is open. It is open, but are you willing to walk out? Are you willing to walk out? Are you willing to walk out? out are you willing are you willing are you willing God said I've already given you freedom the question is are you willing to walk out yes God I hear you there are some that don't want to oh yes there are some that don't want to let go of the hurt because your hurt your, your hurt is your crutch God says you don't need a crutch. God said I am the one that will uphold you with the strength of my right hand. You don't need to hold on to that hurt. As a, the reason I'm like this is because you did that. That that is an excuse, and it is it is it is closing doors in your life. It is closing opportunities. And God said today you can be free from the crutch of the wounding of what they did to you. You are not what happened to you. You are who I said you are. You are who I made you. You are who I created you to be. But you, you, have, you have to make a decision that I'm not going to stay at the place of my wounding. Stop rehearsing your hurts. Stop rehearsing your hurts. I hear the Lord saying, Stop rehearsing your hurts. I set you free, I set you free indeed. Oh God, we thank you. Can you just pray for your neighbor for about 30 seconds? Come on. Come on, come on. There was none greater or none lesser. We're all hurt. We're all wounded. But we can't we can rehearse that hurt no longer. At some point you got to heal. At some point you gotta forgive. It's shipwrecking your future. It's people God is signaling to you to take you to your next station in life. But because you are, you, you are holding on to what they did to you in the past, it's short-circuiting your relationship.
let's pray. Lord, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for the journeys you've allowed us to be on. Thank you, Lord, for everybody that came through our station. Thank you, Lord, for giving us clarity, God, that everybody's not meant to stay forever. Thank you, Lord, for giving us clarity, God, that we can start, exist, and even end relationships in a biblical way without hurting people, without wounding people. We can do things. Lord, you said whatever we do in thought or in deed, Lord, we should do it in your name and it should glorify you. Lord, even as we start, we conduct and we end relationships. Lord, let us do it how you would do it. Let the sweet Holy Spirit of whom we celebrate his entry into the earth today. Allow, it, allow the Holy Spirit, Lord, to lead, teach us, and guide us, even in our relationships. We thank you today, Lord, that somebody's going to be motivated to make a call today. To set something straight. To say something that somebody has been waiting to hear for years. And I thank you, Lord, that when we say the right thing, Lord, hearts are going to be pricked. Favor and grace is going to flow like a river, God. Peace and reconciliation are going to happen as a result of the words that we say. Lord, you said that in our tongue lies life and death. I thank you, Lord, that today, Lord, that conversations will be had on this week that will produce life. God, we thank you. Lord, that we've heard this word today. That, Lord, we're hiding it in our hearts, Lord, that we may not sin against you. And so that we can fulfill everything that you called us to do and say. We count it done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. Tell somebody I'm healed. Thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message. And we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org or facebook.com slash at the fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.